as a blind kid, I never had a good relationship with sports, whether it be falling off the stage during ballet practice or getting hit in the head one too many times with a Nerf ball during gym class. I seem to always find a way to get hurt. And while it has made for some good stories, I can't help but feel like I missed out as a child. Participating in sports is such a great opportunity to relieve stress, become part of a team, and build self-confidence. And I feel like everyone, regardless of visual acuity, should have access to that. Today's guest, Liza Corso, a Paralympic athlete, will share how running has positively impacted her life and why it's important to raise awareness for adaptive sports. So stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Legally Blonde and Blind. I'm very excited to have another Legally Blonde and Blind guest, Liza Corso. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know your schedule, especially with races, is super busy. So thank you for taking the time to record and share a bit of your story. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Now, to get started, do you want to just talk a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you go to school? Yeah, so I'm currently a junior at Lipscomb University um, in Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm originally from New Hampshire, um, and I'm on their cross-country and track teams here, and I'm studying psychology and nutrition. Oh, that's exciting. Thanks. So I know you said you were on their track team. What originally sparked your interest in running? Yeah, so I've been doing sports um, ever since I was little. And it's actually kind of a funny story of how I got into running. And that's my dad is a physical therapist. And he the hospital that he works at required all their um, employees to either participate in or work their um, company 5K. And so I was five years old at the time, and my parents decided that as a family, we'd run the 5K. And so the plan was just for me and my mom to walk it and my two older brothers and my dad to actually run it. And I don't remember a ton of it, but apparently all I wanted to do was run. Oh, um, I didn't want to walk. <laughs> so what five-year-old does want to walk, though? Yeah, yeah. So after that, we decided to do like a couple more five Ks as a family. Just as I was growing up, um, I dabbled in a few other sports. Um, the main one was competitive jump rope. Um, which is a little interesting. <laughs> I was like, I never, I didn't know competitive jump rope was a thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My school, my elementary school had a club. Um, and so I joined that and then I found like a local competitive team and did that for like eight years. So uh, that is really cool. Thanks. Thanks. Um, but I also was like on a swim team. Um, I did a little bit of gymnastics, a little bit of basketball. Um, but my main love was running, and in fourth and fifth grade, I joined my elementary school's team, um, and then I continued middle school, high school, and then now I'm doing it in college and for the Paralympics. Awesome. So when you first started out doing track and other sports, did your parents or coaches have any concerns about you participating in sports with your low vision? Yeah, so I feel like I kind of have, like, a different approach to sports than maybe some other um legally blind people um my parents never like really talked to me about like my low vision or about how like participating in sports were going to be harder um they're always just kind of like threw me in and like (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of like grateful for that um 
so I like, like I said, like I did basketball when I was in kindergarten. Like they just kind of like threw me in and realized it was like, just like see what you can do. Um, <laughs> but I never really remember them being like, oh, this like might be more challenging for you or this like might be harder. And like, there's definitely pros and cons to that. Um, things were definitely more frustrating um, mm-hmm. compared to the other kids, but I never um, really was like, oh, it's because of my vision or like, oh, like they can, like, I never really realized that like they can see more than I can until I got older. Um, I would say probably like fifth or sixth grade is when I started to realize like, oh, like walking on a balance beam is probably harder for me because I don't have depth perception um, than everyone else. <laughs> I have a very similar experience. So I did sports here and there as a child I was involved in like karate or dance or swim and I never really stuck with any of them but I remember that those would be some of the first times where I realized how much my vision impacted my life Mm -hmm. and normally they would just put me in the front right so I could see the instructor better but there were times where that wasn't enough and I started to realize that wait I'm not seeing or picking up on things that other kids are Mm -hmm. so I think what, was, what happened for me is I think I was almost reluctant, in, especially in middle school, to even really try any sports mm-hmm. because it made me – I was worried about being behind or missing out on things. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my philosophy at that point was, oh, I'm just going to reject it altogether. I'm going to stand in the back of gym class, not even try. Yeah. I still got hit in the head, though. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh, me too. <laughs> They have a balls just have like a they find me. I think I was really fortunate to find running um, because there isn't for me, there isn't a ton of there isn't a ton of challenge like like seeing an instructor or catching a ball or um, needing to see someone else to throw a ball to um, where running like you just go like. Yeah. um, So I think I was fortunate that that was like less frustrating. So then. I was able to find a love for that sport. So what kind of accommodations do you, if any, do you use to participate in track and field? And what are some that are available to other people that you've heard of? Yeah. So for me, um, with having albinism, my eyes are super sensitive to the light. Um, So I run all my races wearing a hat um, just to block the sun. Um, And then sometimes I'll wear sunglasses too if it's really bright. Um, and those are my main things. I have enough vision that I don't run with a guide, um, but d- a guide is definitely a really great option. So how did you first learn about the Paralympics and what made you want to compete at such an elite level? So I actually didn't hear about the Paralympics until I was much older. Um, I found out about them my sophomore year of high school, which is kind of crazy and honestly kind of sad that um, being someone who, um, is able to compete in the Paralympics, not even knowing about them until, um, my sophomore year of high school, but I had one cross country race that I raced with a guide. Um, and it's the only time I've ever raced with a guide. Um, and it was because it was, I went to a really small high school and it was our conference championships. And so my coach knew that I'd be in front, um, but they changed the course because of construction like a week before. So I didn't have time to run the course before, which is something that I would generally do um, because in cross country, like one of my main concerns is 
getting lost um, since I can't see arrows far away or cones or, yeah. or things like that. Um, and so we got a local um, college runner to run right in front of me. And so I just like followed him. Um, and somehow the local news station found out about um, this and me running with low vision. And they did a news story about my experience running with low vision. And this was like my first time that my vision and running kind of connected. Um, just because like, before that, I kind of saw running as something that like, I didn't need that much, the, that many accommodations for. Um, and so at first, uh, not gonna lie, I was a little bit um, embarrassed about this story. Um, just because it was my first time really talking about my vision um, in front of a large setting. Um, but looking back, I'm so grateful for it. Um, so someone in Pennsylvania actually saw the news story um, and she was also um, a legally blind runner and she did some work with um, USABA, United States Association for Blind Athletes. And she told me about a um, ID camp at the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And it was with USABA and it was for four different sports, um, judo, swimming, gold ball, and track and field. And so I was like, yeah, like this might be like a cool opportunity um, to just go and like train with other um, blind athletes and just um, learn more about the Paralympics and stuff. But I, it still didn't like cross my mind that I could be participating in the Paralympics, um, which is still crazy. But Can you I, briefly explain what the Paralympics is? Because I think there's so much confusion about what it is and how it differs from the Special Olympics. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Totally. So the Paralympics are parallel to the Olympics. Um, so that's why it's called Paralympics. Um, and so therefore, physically disabled athletes. Um, and so it's in the same venue as the Olympics. It's just three weeks or so later than the um, Olympics. And we compete in the same uniform. Um, we do very similar things um, to Olympic athletes. We just have um, a physical impairment. So um, someone could have missing their arm or missing their leg. They could be an amputee. Um, they could have some sort of paralysis and be in a wheelchair. They could have cerebral palsy um, or they could be visually impaired. Um, and so, yeah, but then the Special Olympics are for um, someone who has an intellectual disability and anyone can, with an intellectual disability can compete in the Special Olympics where the Paralympics, there's a rigorous qualification process and Paralympic team trials, just like Olympic team trials and all that kind of stuff. So the Special Olympics are more like... Um, Everyone uh, can participate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what was that training and qualification process like? Yeah, so um, I was qualifying, um, trying to qualify my, it was supposed to be my junior year of high school, um, which was crazy because it was only like a year after I had found out about the Paralympics and realized that I could qualify um, or try to qualify. But then due to COVID, they got postponed um, a year. So that was kind of crazy, like getting into the process and then being like, oh, nope, <laughs> like we have to wait a year. Um, so I was, it was now my senior year of high school and I was running like my high school races while trying to find races that I could do that were, um, sanctioned, um, by 
the International Paralympic Committee so that I could get a qualifying time for to compete in the U.S. Paralympic team trials, which is the main qualification event. Um, so once I got time to qualify for those, um, I competed at the trials, and that's where um, I thankfully ran fast enough um, to qualify for the team. So what event did you wait? What event did you compete in? I had the 1500, so it's a little bit okay. like a mile. And you do that on a track, right? Yes. Yep. So it's completely clear. That must be a lot easier than trying to do like cross country or distance running. Yes, definitely. Track is definitely a lot easier visually. Um, there's there's no like hills or roots or rocks to try to avoid. Um, yeah. And now, what was it like when you went to these qualifying events and eventually got to compete? What was it like to be in a community and be surrounded by so many other disabled athletes? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. <laughs> um, I never really realized like how important community with other disabled athletes was. Um, I grew up not really around other visually impaired or um, disabled athletes. And I'm, my older brother also has albinism. But besides that, um, I never really had like friends that were, <laughs> were legally blind or um, things like that. And so being a part of this community was amazing um and just there's so many things that you don't realize like affect you day to day but I'm so used to just like living my life that I don't notice um small challenges or differences but being surrounded by people who face these challenges every day um was honestly just freeing and just such a cool opportunity to learn from them and to share in our experiences um and actually there's one girl Erin Kirkhoff who also competed. Um, she's a 400 meter runner who's legally blind, competed in the Paralympics, and she's also a collegiate athlete. So it was fun just talking with her of like, oh, like, what do you do when you like can't see your coach across the track? Or like, what do you do since you can't drive? Like just all the small things. Um, and so it's just so cool being surrounded by all those people. You know, I really related to that story you were telling me about when you did a race with a guide runner and your local community like posted a story about it that feeling of embarrassment mm -hmm. I think when you're the only person with a visible disability participating in any kind of sporting event there's a lot of questions that you get mm -hmm. um, I do tandem cycling and I recently participated in a charity ride called bell ringer and I was one of two tandem cycling teams mm -hmm. and I would get tons of questions from people about why I was doing it or people would say that, oh, she's not pedaling back there when I was. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure it's really nice to be in a community where no one's questioning your ability. Yeah. Nobody's questioning how you participate in sports or whether it's valid for you to participate in sports that way. Mm -hmm. You can just be. Yeah, definitely. And you also won a silver medal, which is so cool. <laughs> Thank you. What was that like? Yeah, that was absolutely insane. Um, I wasn't ranked to <laughs> medal even. Um, so going into the games, I was like ranked around like eighth. Um, so like seemed to get like eighth place, um, just based off our my the previous times that I had run. But I had just switched from training with my high school coach to training with my college coach, um, and. So I was doing completely different training. Um, I upped my mileage a little bit. And so I honestly didn't really know what to expect for how I would run or like what time I would get. Um, and so it was a complete shock to be able to um, get a personal best and 
to get the silver. Just it was crazy. <laughs> now, where did you travel to compete? So the Paralympics were in Tokyo. Okay. Um, yeah, and then the trials were in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's so cool. Did your family go with you? So because it was during COVID, um, right. there were no spectators. But when I qualified, I was 17. And so since I was a minor, I was allowed to, like, have a chaperone. So my mom was actually able to come, um, which was super cool. I'm sure her. your parents must have been freaking out. Yeah, they were. Now, how big is the medal that you get, and where do you keep it now? Um, okay, it's actually pretty heavy. I was shocked. Um, really? Yes, it's so heavy. Um, and it's at home. I don't I don't bring it to school with me because I don't want anything to happen to it. <laughs> well, it could almost be a weapon if someone breaks into your dorm. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's so true. You mess with the wrong athlete. <laughs> it always gets flagged. Like, if I ever travel with it through TSA, they're always like, what are you traveling with? And then they, like, open it, they're like, oh. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> So how would you, how do you think that participating in sports, particularly in the Paralympics has impacted your life? Oh my gosh. So many ways. Um, I think just sports in general, it just gives like an outlet for me to really work hard and push myself and just see how um, hard I can push myself to accomplish my goals. Um, And I think that that has taught me a lot of other lessons um, in life and just determination and perseverance and um, keep going when times get tough. But Paralympics specifically um, have definitely given me a platform to be able to share my story. And when I was younger, that would have terrified me. And I would have, as I said, like I did not, I was embarrassed um, of my low vision. But now being um, in the Paralympics and being surrounded by other um, athletes with physical impairments and just seeing how they share their stories and how um, confident they are in, in themselves has really just shifted my mindset on um, my low vision and just given me the ability to try to help younger athletes um, be more open about their vision and um, just be more confident in who they are. Yeah, that really means a lot to me. You know, obviously I'm not competing on nearly the same level as you are or even really competing at all, but I think participating in sports in college has given me a huge confidence boost Mm -hmm. because I never thought of myself as an athlete or as someone who was strong physically or mentally. And I think a lot of that had to do with my vision. I just assumed that I couldn't do this or I would look bad doing this or I would Mm -hmm. embarrass myself. So I didn't even try. But putting myself out there, setting goals and pushing myself has been a huge confidence boost. Yeah, definitely. And also, too, I mean running and biking can be individual sports, but being on a team mm-hmm. and working with other people is huge, whether that be coaches or a captain sitting in front of you or a guide runner. Yeah. I think there's so much emphasis on individualism. Like you have to do this by yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think being a part of a team and working with somebody else and realizing that that doesn't make you any less valuable that you're working together to accomplish your goals, uh, that really helped me personally. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, that's something that's so cool with cross-country is, like, it's individual, but you're also, like, doing it as a team. Yes. Uh, And, like, every runner matters, and we're all, like, trying to score for the team. Um, But then also, like, competing for, like, the U.S. is also just so, like, team-oriented, and, like, you just realize that, like, okay, this is not for yourself. Like you're wearing like USA across your chest. Like 
this is for your country, which is just like, that's incredible. So crazy. Um, but, and then like, there's also so many people there who are supporting you, um, like coaches and trainers and all that kind of stuff. And so like, it's like, wow, like I'm really like doing this for them and like, just like the appreciation, um, for them. Well, one of the themes on my podcast that I've talked about a lot is sort of like this toxic desire for complete independence. I felt like I needed to do everything on my own. And if I needed help or accommodations and people saw it, it would make me appear weak or less mm-hmm. than. And sports was one of those outlets where I saw the value of working as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And something that um, really just goes to show that is with guide running, um, in the Paralympics or even like cross-country skiing, you're, you compete with a guide, triathlon, you compete with a guide, the guide and the athlete get all the same funding. All, they, they both get a medal. They both like, So it's really like you are doing this together, um, which I think is just so cool. And the best, too, is when the guide runner or the captain, they're not doing it as like a volunteering or charity yes. case. They genuinely like the sport. Mm-hmm. Specifically, like the collaborative element. Yes, speaking of collaboration, uh, my assistant (laughs) has gotten up. (laughs) Now, last but not least, I wanted to ask you: Why do you think it's important to raise awareness and increase opportunities for people to participate in adaptive sports? I think it is so important. Um, And kind of like what I was saying is like, I feel that there's so much value in. in sports and in being able to like prove to yourself that you are mentally and physically tough and that you can do hard things um, and that there is a space for you. And so I think adaptive sports are just that perfect opportunity um, to be able to prove to yourself, prove to yourself that um, you can accomplish um, hard things. And there's also just so much fun in sports. And I think like that is sometimes not, shown enough and that's a really good point yeah. <laughs> yeah and like I feel like in when I was younger I just immediately turned down any kind of opportunity to be a part of sports or uh-huh. team but like I feel like I was denying myself just the opportunity to have fun yeah and to enjoy moving around and yeah a hundred percent so I think like if someone is able to um have the accommodations that they need to be able to compete in sports like that is just so important and um so valuable I think too when we picture an athlete we think of somebody who's six feet tall has a six-pack and giant biceps right Mm -hmm. when people think of an athlete they probably don't picture someone who's blind or is a wheelchair user or has a prosthetic leg I think it's important to show that one disabled people can be elite athletes but that too, even if disabled or not, you're not an elite athlete, participating in sports at any level is completely valid and should be celebrated. You don't have to be perfect. Yes, 100%. I totally agree. And I think it's like part of it is that the ones who are six feet tall and have a six pack, like those are just mainly the ones that are shown in media. Um, yes. And also like someone with a prosthetic leg or someone who is legally blind doesn't have as much representation in media. Um, and so I think just growing awareness for um, the Paralympics and for disabled athletes will kind of help um, shift that picture of what an athlete looks like um, and really just help people understand that, yeah, they too can be an athlete. Like you don't have to be competing um, 
internationally to enjoy sports and to love sports and to love the um, feeling that sports can bring. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think too about how you mentioned you didn't even know about the Paralympics till your sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the only exposure I had to adaptive sports was the quote unquote special gym class in my middle school. And it had a very negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. I think seeing more types of sports and more more ways of engaging in athletics would be so helpful to kids growing up with our condition. Oh, 100%. And like just the recognition that like it is normal, like it is totally normal to like. Yeah, they're not. It's not a special sport. It's just yeah. a different kind of sport. There's yeah. no regular sport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I really like to see too. I know. I don't know if you've ever been to Noah, but mm-hmm. a lot of I've seen a lot more of like goalball. Yeah. Have you ever played goalball? Okay, I've played goalball once, um, and it was at that ID camp at the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center, and it is hard. <laughs> it is. It's terrifying. It's super fun, but wow, it is a challenge. <laughs> it scares me so much. <laughs> well, I think with having residual vision, putting on a blindfold is still super just dis- is still really disorienting. Even yeah. If you have bad vision. Uh huh. And it would just scare me hearing this beep, beep. beep. <laughs> I'm like, is this gonna hit me in the head? <laughs> yeah. It's very aggressive. <laughs> yes. I remember I did it at Noah and I hid behind Tolkien. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. It was great to hear your perspective. Do you have anything else you want to add? Any ways people can find you if they want to learn more? Um, I just want to say thank you so much for having me um, and just being open to sharing more about sports and um, adaptive sports and the Paralympic movement. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Liza.Corso3. Um, that's mainly where you can just learn more about my story. And yeah. Do you have any races coming up? So right now we just finished um, our cross country season. And so my team actually qualified for the NCAA Division One National Championships for the first time, which was incredible. Um, so we're just kind of coming off of that and moving into indoor track. Um, so I don't start indoor track until the third week of January. Um, and then this is, we are going into 2024. So we're going into a Paralympic and Olympic games year. So this August in Paris, um, will be the Paralympics. So hopefully wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I think Liza is shedding light on this world that I had no idea existed till I entered college. There are so many blind and disabled athletes out there. I feel like when sighted people see someone running a marathon who's disabled, they're like, this is so rare and inspiring. But at this point, I've met so many blind athletes who participate in endurance sports that it's not even surprising to me. I'm so happy I found this world because exercise is not just good for your physical health and wellness, but also your mental health. It's been a great way for me to relax and de-stress. I always joke with my family that a soul cycle class is about the same as a therapy copay. So they're basically the same thing. Anyways, I hope the conversation we had today and all of Liza's advocacy work is going to expose more blind folks, especially younger people, to all the different opportunities out there to participate in sports. Two years ago, I had no idea that blind skiing and rock climbing were a thing, but they certainly are. There's something out there for everybody and it doesn't just have to be goalball. Which, don't get me wrong, is an incredible sport, but it terrifies me. I have just experienced too much trauma with ball sports. I don't think I could do it. 
Anyways, if you liked today's episode, make sure to subscribe to Legally Blonde and Blind on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your shows. You can also stay up to date by following my social media accounts at Legally Blonde Blind on Instagram and Facebook. You can also check my website, LegallyBlondeBlind.com for updates. Thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you.